What? Well, uh, hang it on. I was just put my gun on just because. <laughs> yeah. Okay, put the gun right there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, tonight on the Outfit Radio Show, here at this beautiful Santa Cruz boardroom, uh, TC has the evening off, and I am here tonight with uh, one, of my, one, of the, one of the great people here in this town, awesome athlete, awesome pro skateboarder, you've already got, you know, I've already, you've already got fans in here, and this is Mr. Emmanuel Guzman, who is uh, going to tell us what's been going on, he's been on a show probably half a dozen times, but uh, we're going to find out what's going on with him tonight, and uh, Check it out, stick with us. It's gonna be a great show. Okay, thank you. And so I saw TC mentioned the other day the other day to me when we were talking about him can you come on the show, we're doing some coaching with some kids, right? So yeah, since the uh, the last time that I saw you, um, I've had a few different things, new things kinda happen. Uh, one of them being this skate camp that I did up at Scotts Valley Skate Park. Yeah. Um, it was, I was approached by Jason Strubing, um, and it was a temporary kind of summer thing. Yeah. And it was uh, working with kids ages six to 15. And I had already kind of wanted to do that um, in a different light, like we had talked about on previous shows. Yeah. But yeah. when Jason, you know, asked me if I'd be interested in this, I just thought it would be a really good opportunity to see what it was like actually working with kids in that setting and um, obviously any opportunity to get to skateboard and make a little extra money yeah, yeah. is awesome. Um, so I did it and I ended up loving it. It was a super just cool experience. Um, I'm pretty sure every kid that did it enjoyed themselves also. So were the kids there that had some ability and kids who had never been skateboarding before came to camp? Totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was structured for everybody. It didn't matter if you had ever set foot on a skateboard before yeah. or if you ripped. It was really more about building your confidence individually um, and, you know, in that process, developing your skills. So whether if you didn't know how to skateboard at all, then I was there to help you build the confidence to want to get on that thing and learn how to, to step on one and how to balance and how to push. And if you were already skilled and you you know had tricks or you had tricks that you wanted to uh, accomplish, I had everybody set goals at the beginning of every week. So if your goal was to stand on a skateboard and push, then that's what we focused on working with with that individual. If your goal was to learn 360 kickflips, my goal was to work with that individual on that. And then it was neat too because like I said, I wasn't BSing the kids. If they weren't ready to learn certain tricks and they were trying to bypass the appropriate learning process, then I was there to pull them back and to slow them down and to remind them this is a, a, a thing of patience. Right, right. This is a slow learning curve. It's hard for everybody. And just teaching them those kinds of, of you know philosophies and, and instilling that mentality help them to not be so hard on themselves and not to expect like progression to happen overnight. Yeah. And, yeah. and with that, it gave them the drive to show up the next day and see if maybe it would happen then. Yeah. And maybe show up the next day and see if it happened yeah, then. All the kids stick with you, they all stayed? They did, it was <laughs> it was insane. I had a couple of people that were pretty timid. Uh, the first you know day of camp is when it typically happened. And it was hard for me to see. I really wanted them to give it a chance because I knew they would enjoy it if they did. But also I understood that it was overwhelming to be surrounded with 15, 16 other kids. Yeah. All of whom have a, you know, more burst history in skating or they're better at skating than you um and so 
it was really encouraging for me to see that if I just showed a little bit of encouragement towards these kids that were feeling kind of vulnerable and a little bit more timid in that moment, and that being part of the whole process of the camp of like, this is this is also confidence building. Plus you had to, plus you had to build trust with all the kids. I had to build trust, but what I kept telling them all, and, and this is something that I believe in, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have told them this if I didn't believe in it, is that like, you've already shown up, and in life that's half of everything. So yeah. the fact that you're here is commendable, right? Yeah. Like yeah. here you are, you're out here, whether you're crying and you got snot running down your face, like <laughs> you're here. Yeah. So pat yourself on the back for that. If and when you give it a chance to the next like degree and you wanna actually like join the rest of the kids in the camp, I promise you I'll make it fun for you. That's one of my goals. One of my goals is to make sure that everybody has fun. I don't want kids to sign up for this week of skate camp and then have it be a bummer experience, right? So. How important was the equipment that you you had or showed you or gave to them or, or helmets? So yeah, that was huge. So obviously there, there's, you know, a, a little bit of like um, a conundrum as far as me wearing a helmet and um, and then all the safety gear that I expect the kids to wear. So every kid was man mandated to wear a helmet, of course. That's a, a no-brainer, you know, no pun intended. Right. It's like, you gotta protect your head, you have to protect your brain, um, especially at that young age. You don't wanna have a accident happen, a concussion, anything. So it was really important to me that safety came first. Yeah. Um, I definitely encourage the kids that weren't super confident or able to fall the right way to wear their knee pads and elbow pads. And then one of the things that we worked on one of the first days with every single class was uh, falling. So I, I got all the kids familiar with where their knee pads are and how to use them and where their elbow pads are. Because I, 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 in watching some of your videos, it seems like you know how to, you when you fall, you, you seem to be doing it in a way where it doesn't hurt as much. I mean, I typically get back up. It doesn't mean that every once in a while I don't get caught off guard. Right. And even with my like, experience and knowing how to fall i mean there's a lot of times where yes you're falling dozens of times while trying to trip so if you don't know how to fall right you're gonna get hurt yeah and um so yeah so within, falling, is just, falling is just as important as skateboarding i mean it's up. as important as learning the tricks it's it's more important it's self-preservation if yeah. you don't know how to fall right and you really want to get good at skateboarding right it's just not going to happen you're just going to get you're going to get hurt so right. Um, it's preventative, it's preventative, and being confident and knowing how to fall is huge. And just knowing that I can get out of this, I know you know, where I'm gonna put, like what limb down in what position, you're not gonna panic and go throwing limbs out when you're up in the air and right. you're caught off guard. And right. That's something that we worked on as well, is like, it's better to fall forwards, right? You can see it coming, you know it's coming. Even if you might have to put your hands down, you scrape your hands, your elbows, your knees, you're at least doing that when you do this yeah. motion, you slip out and all you see is blue, Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. And most times people panic and put a limb down, you don't yeah. know where your limb's gonna land, you that's when you get hurt. Yeah. And so, yeah, building confidence with falling was also huge. The kids that knew how to tumble a little bit, they weren't as good at falling as they thought, so we worked on tumbling, you know? And when you started skateboarding, were you told that? No. No, no, right. no, 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 no. I, I reminded them a couple of times how lucky they were to have someone like me to <laughs> coach and guide them along um, in the whole process to either avoid falling or to get out of stuff better because I had, you know, anything but. I had, like, my friends or older brothers and his friends sitting there heckling me <laughs> before I even tried it. And if I fell, then it was only amplified. So, it's you know, it's cool to get to help them bypass some of like 
that fear. harsh part yeah. of the learning yeah. curve because yeah. it's already pretty painful when you fall and it's already pretty intimidating and and so I was really like just blown away and proud of every single kid it honestly took me back to see just how much confidence every kid built throughout the whole process um, who first put a skateboard into your hand the first person to put a skateboard in a well I, I um, you know, I had brothers that skateboarded, and I had some friends that I had met in school that skateboarded. I didn't own one myself at the time, but I went out and acquired my first skateboard on my own. I went out and I bought an old board from a friend of mine. Oh, you did? Yeah, a used board, and that was where I got my first board. But um, no, there were no hand-me-down skateboards or anything right. like that at that time. I um, so you you just continued to practice, practice, practice. Where did you put nonstop? Right, nonstop. nonstop. Where? Nonstop. Uh, well, at first, just in the parking lot of the complex I lived in, just right below my, you know, my apartment. And then once I was able to roll and able to kind of be a little more mobile, I had some friends that lived in the neighborhood, so kind of SoCal area, um, Santa Cruz Gardens area. That was sort of our stomping grounds, and that was the to and from, you know, route to school. And there were friends' houses along the way. We would stop off and skate stuff. And right. That was the beginning of it, though. Was uh, elementary school. When, when did you? What, how long did it take before you knew? You know, I'm pretty good at this. It was a while. I mean, it took a while. Not as fast as the other things that I felt like I had athletic prowess in, like soccer and baseball. I feel like I got good at those a lot quicker. Yeah. Skateboarding was surprisingly challenging, but because I was so young and because it was so hard and because I was able to do it to some degree. Um, and I had some encouragement from my brother and from like peers. They weren't heckling you, they did, they, as well as heckling you, did they encourage you? Well, eventually they saw that I was getting better. Right. And when you see someone progressing fast at skateboarding and you know how difficult it is, yeah. then you see that there's some athletic potential there. Yeah. And you start to look at that individual a little bit differently. Instead of giving them such a hard time, you want to encourage them a little bit more. So yeah. sure, at first I pushed Mongo, I pushed with the wrong foot. I never, I never, you know, heard the end of it. Like when my brothers would see that, that was a, a very taboo kind of way to push back then. And um, if I was scared to drop in on something, you know, these are like first time learning curves. But it gave me a little extra push to probably do it, wanting to impress them. Yeah. But it also, I mean, I wasn't safe from being heckled like any one of them yeah. if I like yeah. goofed up. But your first skate park you visited was. First skate park I ever visited was probably, probably Derby. And how did you, and, and when you when you got there, this was your first time there? First time there. Did you fit in or were you There's no one there, I remember really uh, vividly. I was staying at my friend Brian's house and his dad um, told us that it was a sleepover on a school night. And the next day the dad said, we're playing hooky today, we're gonna go to the Derby. And the dad like used to skate and he had a couple of old skates for us and he had pads and helmets and stuff, I think. Um, but I, what I remember is getting there and it was empty and then walking in the snake run because the snake run um, to me at the time was almost head high. And I just remember <laughs> right. that like comparison of how big I was and the snake run felt like it was about that big. Right. You know, now right. it's like right. this. So right. that's just a reference to how young I was. Um, but I didn't really skate at that moment in time. That was more of just... We went there and I didn't know what skateboarding was. I didn't know what that place was. It was just some weird spray painted organic, you know, thing. And Did you find out what it was? Eventually, not for years to really? come. Not for years to come. Yeah. And then I knew, oh, I've been here. I came here that one time. Yeah. Somebody, you know, yeah. his dad. Yeah. But no, it was, it was a long time between that visit and then the next time I went there because 
growing up here on the east side, honestly, as I got older and I like grew into my early teens, I just had no business going to the west side. I didn't really surf, so I didn't go surf over there. And if I did go over there as I got older, it was really just looking for trouble. We'd go to house parties and we'd right. crash, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crew yeah. And create yeah. some ruckus. So <laughs> I really didn't end up going and spending like adequate time at Derby until I was already in my mid-teens and skateboarding, you know, transcended any of the other like local beef. I, I just was already out there doing it all over town. So. Right, right. Um, and which skateboard did you look up to? Oh uh, man, yeah. Particular or? So locally, I remember when I would go to Santa Cruz High, I would always be real starstruck if I would see pros, and that was typically where you would see pros. It was a really notorious street skating spot, and and so that gave it validity as far as, back then there weren't skate parks, you know? When skate parks first came around, it was almost looked at as like a corny place to go out and do it. It's like, why would you do that when you could be out in the streets right, right. in this like urban setting where it was born? Right. Um, skate parks are corny, kind of, you know. Right. And uh, you feel that way? No, 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 no. I did for a while. I kind of yeah. thought for a while skate parks were were like altering the face of skateboarding, and they were they were making people a little bit less like hungry to go out and explore and search for stuff because they had access to these perfect, you know, facilities that were just permanent, and and they could revisit time and time and time again without any sort of issues. But right. part of the fun of growing up skateboarding any town is learning about you know getting kicked out of spots and knowing that you gotta like barge certain spots real quick before you get kicked out or you gotta dodge this security guard or that security guard you get familiar with some security guards right, right. start giving them nicknames like it's just part of the fun of it to me and so when that got taken away and it was like kids are just going from their house to the skate park they're skating past all the spots you know that sort of takes away a little bit of that organic like why don't we go cut into this business and see if there's anything to skate in there you know <laughs> Would you teach that to your kids that you just coached? If they, got, if they kept with you for three, two or three years, would you teach that? You know what? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I would teach it. I definitely wouldn't discourage it. Right. Like, I don't know if I would encourage it just because, again, as a role model, like, I don't want to go out there these days and tell kids go out there and vandalize someone's property yeah. and, and be a nuisance and then, like, be disrespectful when you get kicked out. I would tell them, like, just like anything, don't be afraid to question or even challenge authority on occasion if you're being respectful and you're being like polite you might learn how to interact with people in a way that kids your age won't for years to come right if you go to that spot and the person tries to kick you out and you're and you're you have, right, and you have, and you have a right to be there and you're being polite and you say hey you know what we're just like here skating we're not bothering anybody we'll stay out of the way blah 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 and that adult looks at you and goes okay yeah like you're not gonna have that unless you step foot in the put yourself into that scenario right and so my mom was the same way like she wouldn't encourage me to go out and get skating tickets but if i got a skateboarding ticket somewhere because i was skateboarding doing my thing and like i wasn't supposed to be in there a sign mark you know she would go well let's go see where those signs were let's see if there's a way we could fight this like i'm not opposed to you being there and if the ticket stands and the cops like in the right then you get the ticket i'm not going to tell you you can't go out and skate did park. you get out of a couple um, one time I did. I got out of one because the cop didn't show. Yeah. And then another time I think I actually got the ticket. I think that it, there was a similar scenario where I tried to use the sign location, you know, as, an, as, a, <laughs> right. as an issue. And, like, um, I had it all drawn out, but uh, there was other signs posted. Anyways, my mom was never going to, like, deter me from having those, those experiences. 
she wasn't like, again, going to encourage me to go out and vandalize and be disrespectful. And if it happened, I wasn't in trouble, but I also, like, if I had handled it anything but respectfully, maybe it was different, but as long as I handled myself well, she'd be like, go out and get another ticket. I mean, you're just skating. Right. So who was, the, who was the skater you looked up to? So, oh yeah, back to those guys. So, Ron Whaley, uh, Justin Strubing, Israel Forbes, um, those were probably the three like notable pros at the time that I would that I would see at Santa Cruz High and that I would see around and would always be starstruck by them. There was definitely other um, just local, you know, kind of rippers. Like there was other local people at the time. My, my brother had a buddy that had a mini ramp, Brian Starn, and him and these two twins, uh, Matt and Tim Lochner. They both rid like there was this older group of people that were already, they'd been skating for years by the time I discovered it. And so I got a good firsthand introduction to like what real good firsthand skating looked like back then. Right. Because um, you love, because skating you learn by watching somebody else. Totally, yeah. You're not, you're not getting it out of a book. There's a lot of visual information to take away from watching and observing. Right. Um, and so, you know, that's another advantage. Kids these days, there's so much material for them to draw from, for them to go and learn and, and watch and observe. And, they have ultra slow-mo, they can really, right. you know, nitpick the, the phonetics of like skateboarding, but um, no, watching and observing is is huge. You got, you have, you have many videos. Yeah, no, I've had over 10 video parts. I've had, and then I, I don't know how many online videos there yeah. are these days. There's a lot that have been lost in the backwash of the internet, but. One that gets to me, the one that I keep, I go, you hey, gotta be nuts, is that one off the freeway. Right, like oh, that, that okay. ramp that you end up, you end up crossing the street and end up looks like your back. It curb. Oh yeah, curve. I got smoked on that one. That was in uh, Athens, Georgia, on a skate rock trip, and it was just a spontaneous I think, thing. I think the cops came and then they left. Right, yeah, cops came, saw me try it once, thought I got probably hurt, and like didn't want to deal with deal with it, and so he left. He dipped out, <laughs> and we kept skating it until I kind of got it. I mean. There was real. There was no way to really get out of that one, but I, I was just rolling the dice, seeing, yes. seeing if there was. You never know unless you're trying. And, right. So yeah, that was one of those ones. But it's still, I mean, and yeah. it's, it's videos of you failing and failing and failing and failing, totally. right? Totally. Yeah, and failing, and then, and then you just keep, you just got to do. It, it looks like you, you obviously got hurt, but you but you don't stop. You keep doing it. I mean, that's, I think, like, one of the most valuable, healthy things, like, that I get out of skating and the skateboarding does for people is that somewhere in the struggle of trying to land a trick and falling and, and getting back up and falling, getting back up and falling, getting back up and falling, believing in yourself and trying to visualize the trick through all of that other stuff, the focus and the determination and the perseverance, I mean, if you were to translate that physical feat into other areas of life, um, it's something that we as people don't really challenge ourselves to do that often. And, and so every skateboarder that takes it upon themselves to go through that process is actually really strengthening their mind. They're really strengthening their, their focus. They're really strengthening their willpower and their ability to see themselves through to the end of something and right. overcome all that other stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, it's one of the more valuable things that you get out of skating is the failure because it teaches you the, the success and the sweet you know, like, because you have a lot more, because yeah. you, you obviously have a lot more failure than you do success. Yeah, totally. So once you've done, if you, once you've done a trick, whatever it may, wherever it may be, you've done, you've, you've, you've tried it, 
40 times, failed 39 50, times. 50, 100, 50, 200. Really? Oh, yeah. Many? Yeah. Get you, you finally do it. Do you do it again? Sometimes if it feel, if it's filmed crappy or you did it crappy, yeah. sometimes yeah. you'll you'll try a trick for, you know, 50 tries and you'll finally land it and you land it horrible. Right. And that's right. not gonna that's not gonna cut it. So you're back at it. And and every once in a while, like I said, there is. So you have to land it almost like a ballerina is doing landing and landing. Oh, you have one to land the, perfect, right. right? But there's magic to behold within that process. Like I said, every once in a while, you'll you'll be done. Your legs are done. You can barely stand. You're so fatigued. There's no way that this insane feat that you tried with fresh legs six hours ago is going right. to go down. You're right. dehydrated. Right. And then you land on it and you almost ride away. And like in all the adrenaline <laughs> that you had left, it gets sucked out of you. And then you keep trying. But then within like four more tries, let's say, you actually make it. And you teach yourself something in that moment right there. You teach yourself that when you think you've pushed yourself to the limit, you can always push yeah. yourself more. Yeah, because it's in here. And you will yeah. surprise yourself with what you can accomplish. So right. I have not only done it myself, but I have witnessed it with other skateboarders countless times where they have been at their their end. They're at their end point and then they land the trip. And like and I know what goes into that, I know the feeling, and that's not something that you acquire overnight. That's a strength and like a conditioning that you develop over years. Yeah. Like understanding that dynamic. And right. If you got to the point where you've done, yeah, no, I can't do it. I'm stopping. Yeah. Or you had, I'm yeah. gonna come back tomorrow. I'm gonna come back tomorrow. Typically, it's because you're physically so exhausted that you can't, you can't physically continue on, and you have a life to live. You know, you have to take into account like the next day, the day after, the day after that, the day after that. You already foresee a week in advance. Like, if I don't stop now, I'm literally not gonna be able to walk until Thursday. Yeah. And I have this and this going on. Like, I have to stop right now. Right. Um, and we'll come back again when my legs are better, when my body's better. But no, there's times where you have to throw the towel in and it's really, it's defeating, but it's never again the end all. It's up to you. You make up the ultimate decision whether you want to come back or not. So. How did you become, a, how did, did you did you become a, a professional skateboard? How did that uh, arrive? I just step? wanted to. I really just really wanted that to be my life. And I really... Tried very, to learn what it was going to take to do that, and then I tried to, you know, uh, execute that like path. I, I just, um, I had a lot of good advice, good family, good friends, good mentors, uh, and then I think I just had like the other right, you know, things that it took to be in that position. I was personable. Did you go? Did you, did you go knock on San Skateboard's door? Basically, I had yeah, did? more or less. I mean, I had a friend bring in a video, but no, I'd already put a lot of work into this sponsor me video by the time I was ready to present it to them. I had already gotten to a point in my mind professionally that I needed to approach them in a way that was going to resonate. And even at 14 years old or how old I was, um, I knew that a sponsor me video would be one way to show them. Wow this kid, whether his parents put it together for him or he put it together, yeah. there's some wheels spinning behind the scenes. Yeah. And so when I had my friend who worked there at the time bring it to them and they saw it, we spoke on the phone. How, how old were you that time? I was like 14. No kidding. Yeah, and and they, I skated to Johnny Cash, uh, Folsom Prison Blues. That was one of the things they commented on. Like, we were you, surprised so you, to hear you, someone you, your age skate to Johnny Cash. You, you integrated know? that song into what you were doing? It was the music behind it. Okay. So I had saved money and hired this woman that my mom knew that had the necessary hardware to dub VHS tapes back then. 
So I was taking little tidbits of different VHS tapes to make the master copy. Right. Did you and still so, have that video? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of work went into that video though, and I had to save up the money for it, yeah. you know? And so, like I said, by the time I presented that, there was already a story behind it that they got to hear. And then that's when they think to themselves, well, this is the era of kids that are talented dropping out of school and putting all their you know eggs in one basket and skateboarding. We would like to probably start looking at maybe putting on kids that have a little bit more you know drive in other areas of life and just maybe a little more ambitious and just the, you know this one facet so like, you, you you weren't the only 14 year old kid they hired were they were there other no, there kids, was other kids, other kids too kids i don't know how they all got sponsored there were some kids back then that already had agents and stuff i'm sure but for me that was the best approach that i had access to at that time yeah, so i did it the old-fashioned like straightforward kind of cut and dry way which right. at the time was acceptable but it it already showed that i was willing to go out of my way because i wanted this i was hungry so Best and the footage was good i mean i think it was a decent sponsoring video <laughs> and i got the call back later that day saying yeah we want to start giving you boards that's what so, you wanted was boards yeah that was through santa cruz skateboards and i just wanted to start getting like a board sponsor established yeah. you know because that's your way to building yourself up to becoming a pro it'll be the board company that turns you pro and so that was sort of how, you know, you get established, build a good relationship with your board sponsors. They're going to be the ones you grow with and eventually hopefully go pro for. Yeah. You became pro when? Uh, 2005. How old, were you? How old were you? I was 19 or 20. Who, who approached you and said, hey, we're going we're gonna, to, you're going to become a professional skateboarder. Well. How, how stoked were you? Nobody approached me like that. I knew I was on my way. I had really like done the due diligence and I at that point had learned about what the process was and sort of the, the certain necessary things you had to check off of your uh, you know amateur list before you could reach the pro ranks right. having video parts interviews in magazines all these criteria that I had already met and then some and so I knew that eventually they were gonna be making that move I didn't know when it's always a surprise yeah. um, but as far as brand marketing and as far as keeping a fresh new you know approach like it made sense for them to bring me like up in ranks and so um, I had some board graphic ideas in my head that I'd been pitching their way I had sort of been putting the idea in their head because back then again this isn't a, a 14 or, or this isn't a, a 19 20 year old with an agent helping navigate all these career moves this is me thinking how to navigate this as wisely and as best as I could and and however scary it was even from the first time I brought that sponsor video in I had to ask for everything nothing was ever handed to me nothing was ever just given to me they never said hey like here you go you're on the team this or that I always said hey what's up like when am I gonna get put on I've been doing all this stuff there was really a, a pitch same with getting paid there was never anybody that said hey congratulations you made it we're gonna start paying you now I was like I want to sustain this lifestyle I want to become a pro one day I can't afford it can you pay me? What's the worst they could say? No. Yeah. Not gonna say. How dare you? You're off the team. Yeah. yeah. Did you ask him? Yeah. And eventually they said, Well, we have this house in San Jose. You'd have to move over there. Rent's three hundred bucks. Cover your rent, but we need you to get out of Santa Cruz. Start getting familiar Why? with getting familiar with the industry outside of town. There really wasn't any outside of NHS sessions. A few small brands, yeah. local shops. The, the majority of the industry existed in San Jose and San Francisco. So they they needed to see the next step 
for me to, to show that I wanted to do it and take it serious was to get out of town. You so know? you moved over there. You moved over there. 300 bucks rent. Did that, did that, did that, did that make your pro skateboarder? No, no. I was one of the few paid AMs. That right. made me like a very privileged amateur skater because most amateurs at that time didn't get paid. So to even be given a salary to cover my rent was huge and I knew that. That was like one of those incentives that I knew was bigger than a lot of people were being offered in skateboarding. And yeah. it was also one of those things that showed me, hey, this company's really taking care of me. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, they've been doing it for 25 years, right? 20. 20 years, yeah. yeah 20 years. Yeah. That's a hell of a relationship with the company. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I think that it's been a wise, if not the wisest, move I've, I've made in skateboarding. Was you went back to that video, didn't it? Being loyal and just, right. uh, you know, What's the two-part question? What's the best piece of advice you've gotten from somebody at Santa Cruz Skateboards? Best piece of advice I've gotten from somebody at Santa Cruz Skateboards? Yes. Yeah. Mm. that's a hard one. I mean, <laughs> um, honestly, yeah, probably to stop drinking. Yeah. yeah. I think that however hard it was at the time for a sponsor to tell somebody like me that I needed to pull the reins, uh, I think it took a lot of courage for them knowing that they wanted to maintain a relationship yeah. and not like have one of those falling outs like families do. Right. Uh, and even though I so didn't you did. heed, you heed, but no, 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 even though I didn't heed the advice for years oh, to you come, didn't? like, no, I mean, I, I don't drink now, Yeah. but I can think back to the time when like they were genuinely concerned and they probably, you know, had every right to be Yeah. and like they would voice, this is something that we think you should do. Yeah. And again, they, pers they, they can, continue to support me, whatever, they, even though I didn't heed that advice, but if you're really gonna ask what the best advice that like somebody there has given me, like I think genuinely from a caring perspective, that would have probably been it. And like, best really. piece of advice you got from Richard Novak? He thinks I should take a public speaking class and I don't, I've never taken him up on that either, but maybe I, th I think there may be some validity to it that. help you to do what? Rule the world. All right. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. For a coaching, or are you talking about something? I have, I have no idea. Really? I, I honestly don't know. But sometimes good well. advice, sometimes good advice comes in just right. like abstract ways, and, and I haven't forgotten it. Yeah, he yeah. just threw it out there one day. But, yeah, yeah, but I have definitely not forgotten it. Right? Like right. I, I definitely take his words and I, I listen. Yeah. Um, so you've got twenty years of history with Cypress Skateboards. What's the uh, are you, gonna, are you sticking with him or how long is it? Yeah, I mean, until the it? wheels fall off. No, I, honestly, I'm always I'm always flattered uh, when when my contract is renewed and when they want to keep me a part of like the, the main program and going out on trips and skating with the guys. It's seriously, it's amazing to just get to keep doing this. I don't ever take it for granted. And not that I ever did, but it just becomes more and more special. Like every trip I get to go on. Yeah, right. Do you have a trip that's trip that stands out for you? Uh, there have been some great ones. I had an awesome one this summer, super, super, uh, just amazing trip with Santa Cruz up the Northwest coast. Yeah. Drove from here, left NHS, drove up to um, Vancouver, uh, Canada, but I ended up only making it as far as Seattle for that portion, which was only two days. My passport was expired. I couldn't get one expedited in time. Right. It wasn't a big deal. I got to visit with one of my best friends growing up from Santa Cruz. Perfect. Spent Father's Day with him and his family. We went and hit some golf balls at this nice, little like nice. uh, simulated golf driving. Right, right, he right, works right. at a golf course. He's yeah. an insane golfer. So it was just seriously like so serendipitous for me because I never get 
to visit with people on those occasions when I'm on a skate trip and I'm with the team, right. I'm with the team, I'm not bailing out. So to really get to take a couple of days and just like visit with an old friend and skate and go and hit golf balls. And like, I skated a ton. We skated every day that I was with him and he had a little RV set out in his front uh, front yard that I got to sleep in. Like, yeah. it, that was a highlight of my trip almost. Yeah. But yeah. then also we camped the majority of the rest of the time. So just, you can imagine a bag full of instruments, a bunch yeah. of guys around a campfire. Right, right. That's way, that's way good fun. times, man. It's really bonding. Like, yeah. But then now you're a dad, so it's yeah. so not easy to take off and be gone. You miss your, miss your, you miss your kid. It is. It's not. It, it was harder when he was really little, though. When he was really little and I'd be gone for a couple of weeks, like there'd be developmental changes that yeah. I feel like I was missing out on. Now, at six years old, when I'm gone for a couple of weeks, we can FaceTime, I can keep in touch. Yeah. I can keep tabs and, and know day get a day-by-day -day play of, of how he's doing yeah, and like yeah. how he's growing and so it's easier now but still i mean i don't think i can travel like i used to but i definitely enjoy the the time on the road that i get yeah especially when you visit like your body your body's like that oh uh, yeah the yeah. team i love all the dudes they're all so good and like yeah it's just a good, it's a I, good time how many boards I mean, are there I'm gonna just boys. roughly say, I mean, I know there've been over 40. Yeah. A lot of them have been the Dining with the Dead, the sort of classic Last Supper scene. Um, and Did you go that? That was, yeah, yeah, that's my, that's my baby. Yeah. Uh, and there've been several versions of that, but collectively, like, I would say 40. I would say about 40. Yeah. What do you see, what do you, what, when you walk into a place like this or Bill's or whatever, what do you, you see, is this like a museum to you? Kinda, I mean, honestly, yes. I definitely love looking at all the boards hanging up. I love your, going skate shops, these kinds of things. This is your sport and this is its history. Totally, no, right. totally. And I feel like at this point, I know a lot of it. There's always cool new things to learn and to see. Um, I've definitely been doing this most of my life and have been paying attention to the history as best as I can for yeah. like most of that process. I think it's important. It just It's important to know where the roots of something that has you know carried you through life and given you this whole new like outlook on it yeah um just to pay attention to it just honor it you know yeah. and so the same goes for the younger generations i hope they do the same i wonder sometimes yeah. i wonder if the younger generations will you know research the history of what this thing that they have fallen in love right. with is right. or if the internet and the constant like new content will keep them too distracted right. to right. go backtrack in time you know because it's important yeah uh, your boards, your boards are selling well. Yeah, they're selling super good. Let's see, are they up in here? I should think. I would imagine so. I know they were sold out after that skate camp. Oh, they were. Yeah, so that's killer. Um, but yeah, we uh, we have a new one that just came out. That's sort of, you know, part of their 50 year anniversary. It's all gold. And it's came out amazing. It's so cool. It's one yeah. of my favorite versions of that yeah. they've done. I never thought that I would have my own board with like that cool, cool, <laughs> you know, it's so cool. And your boy, what's your boy's name again? Cairo. Oh, that's right, is he gonna be skating? Oh yeah, he's all about it. It's just happening organically still. I don't push it, I never yeah. will. If he wants to get into it, awesome. If not, like I just wanna support him in whatever interest he has in his life. I want right. him to be a kid and have fun. He's playing soccer right now, right? Playing soccer for not too many skaters that have a Man United tattoo on their shoulder. Nah, they're out, they're out there though. They're oh, Man U fans, heck yeah. I'm not a Man U fan. I, I, know, be, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm a Chelsea fan and both teams suck right now. 
They do, they do, but it's all right. Good on us. But it's all right. We're still, we're still enjoy the sport. Besides, you know the old sayings: with uh, keep your keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. That's so. right. <laughs> That's right. So, what do you where you, you uh, talk about the, the program? What you talk about it is you had a program that you were going to start right before COVID hit. I was. And COVID I was, hit, and then it was it was obviously. I was in the process of like launching. Uh, first of its kind um, high school skateboard program through the um, Santa Cruz County Office of Ed. And it was gonna be like a curricular based course. So we were gonna use skateboarding as the focus, but we were also gonna offer marketing, sales, skate park design and construction. Right. Um, you know, there's gonna be photography, video production, all these like fields of industry within. Yeah. Uh, and things that kids aren't typically encouraged to pursue within the industry outside of becoming a professional, yeah, which is unlikely. And so it's sort of one of those courses to just bring that reality vocational courses like, hey, you're about to graduate or you're in high school now, you're about to be thrown out to the real world, um, kind of an unfairly so in a lot of ways because you'll have a lot of people deterring you against pursuing skateboarding, telling yeah. you you won't make a living. What they're not telling you is that, oh, I didn't realize you love photography, did you know that Skateboard photography is a huge, you know, business. Yeah. And uh, did you know that apparel designing is a huge business? Like, oh, you're into fashion? I didn't know that. I just right. thought that you were into skating and I <coughs> didn't think there was hope for you. I don't hear yeah. your friends talking That's about it. There's a lot of different avenues that come, away, come off of skateboarding. And honestly, nine out of 10 times, even your own teachers aren't going to encourage you in that direction. Right. Um, so I kind of wanted to offer something that was really going to encourage both guys and girls. Did you didn't relight that fire again, do you think? Yeah. It just, yeah, I mean, it's going to take some funding, of course, and then there's going to obviously have to be a space, a good facility, and both of those things have been a lot harder to come by than I thought. I yeah, mean, right. I think to a lot of people I get, they see this as like a philanthropical venture. They know that it's good for the community and it would do really good, but they're not necessarily willing to put their dollar behind it because they don't see it as a moneymaker. Right. But I think that nothing is a money maker right out of the gate it takes time but starting with something that's doing good by the community is a really awesome yeah. business to invest in in my opinion yeah and this is one of those few like untouched niches that i'm not going to let anybody else do it in the area but right. i would certainly you know like to expedite this long-term dream if i could it's and if, anybody watching wants to get a hold of you how, is it, how can they do that well, they can obviously email me at emmanuelguzman11 at gmail. Um, that's a good start to just brainstorm ideas. I know that I've been in touch with a lot of other teachers over you have time. Website, and your website? I don't have a website, okay. but they can contact me there at um, you know emangrizzle1 on, on Instagram. Right. I'm also on Facebook. There's a lot of other you know. There's social social media outlets that I can be contacted yeah. pretty easily. Right. Emails you know, professional if people really have legitimate input or insight. Uh, but yeah, at this point I have my whole business plan drawn out. It's literally a 30 page business plan. Um, it's a matter of finding a space and having the right moment in time to just execute it. But would the city help you find it or no? It's not something I want to do like, you know, on a, on a public avenue anymore, unfortunately, because that's one of the reasons that I, I didn't get to see that through the first time was that because of COVID, the city pulled the, the rug out from under us. Yeah. And that was one of my concerns was that, oh, here's this program I'm offering and I'm doing all this groundwork and right. I'm gonna be raising the money to essentially be paying myself to be able to do this. I'm doing everything. And then 
they decide, well, it's too risky with COVID, we're just gonna stick to our structured game plan. Um, so we're putting it on hold for the time being after six months of well, I hope you get it back, I hope you get back going again. I would love to, I would yeah. love to. And like, like I said, the skate camp this summer was a good uh, introduction as to how I was gonna receive actually working with kids yeah. and I loved it and I can <laughs> definitely see myself doing this. I mean, it's definitely yeah. a calling, but I think in the meantime, I'll just have to keep grinding away at what I have in front of me. Yeah. And, and uh, if and when the right opportunity strikes, I would love to, to do it though. So the, the two kids that were a little nervous when you when they came to you for the first day? Yeah, they, there was a few, there was a few they, kids. There was yeah. a few kids, they, yeah. they, they made it, they all made it, had a great they time. They did, a little pep talk, just a little encouragement, just yeah. telling them, you know, showing up is awesome. Like, right. don't beat yourself up, don't let this ruin your day. Give yourself another chance, uh, see what it's all about. And they all did, and they all ended up, you know, really, really like not just improving on their skateboards, but their confidence just skyrocketed. Yeah. And they went from being some of the like more down kids to like the more stoked kids, better attitudes. You know. Did your confidence skyrocket too? Honestly, yeah. it was it was interesting for me because I, here I am. I have every kid set a goal at the beginning of every week, right? And I wasn't lollygagging out there. Like when they have snack, I go out and skate for them. I show them what twenty nine years of skateboarding looked like was stacking and getting back up looked like, you know? Um, stacking is? Slamming. Okay. Eating shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm falling for them and, and uh, I'm showing them what that looks like too, that even after 29 years, I still fall all the time. After 29 years though, I can utilize the skate, pretty much everything in the skate park that I want, when I want, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and then of course they would, have, they would call me out because you do this, do that, do this, do that. So that in itself was like, the kind of setting where normally at a demo or something, I'm not gonna do that for kids, but in this setting, I'm asking them to step out of their comfort zone. Right. For them to reciprocate that and ask me to step out of what they're not even realizing is my comfort right, zone. Right, right. was awesome, because I was like, yeah, you want me to grind that? Sure, I'll grind it for you. To the point of where the last day uh, of camp, I'm like, I really need to think of something to do. Something that I'm like intimidated to try in front of these kids, let alone just try. Yeah. I might make it, I might not, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna show them that if they can step up, like so can I, right? So I set up the sign that I used for the camp every week and then kick flipped over it, but they got to see me try it a good like 10 times before I made it. <laughs> and I took a couple good slams, I got good raspberries. But then when I made it, yeah. they got to see, hey, eventually it came, like don't give up, so. Was injury something you avoid discussing with them? No, definitely not. No, no, totally okay. not. No, we have to talk about injury. We have to talk about how to be safe because I don't want to deal with you, a bunch you, of injuries. You've taken, a, you've got a couple of bumps and bruises. Tons, right? tons. I don't care if it's me. If I'm breaking my arm, I don't care. I don't want to see any of those kids break their arm. No, you know? right, so right, right. Safety was huge. I really wanted them to all be very like patient and waiting to do like do something when I was there to supervise. Yeah. Um, even if it meant waiting, I didn't want them to just go and get too courageous without me. Yeah because that's when things happen and that's typically when kids would slam. So I was really encouraging them like, hey, if you see me working with somebody else, just wait. If you want to try that, just I'll be there in a second. Yeah. And you work with this person, I'm trying to help them not fall. Yeah. Um, and then there was only one major injury and, and the poor kid, he was so close to doing the trick and I get it. Like I stepped away for a second to work with somebody yeah. and he went ahead and tried it and slipped back and broke his wrist. Uh. And he handled it like a trooper. He handled it so well, I was blown away. But still, it was another one of those examples that I was like, I was trying to really keep everyone like, you know, remembering, don't try it without me, don't try it without me. Is it fresh in their head? So the next day I used that again, like, hey, somebody got hurt yesterday, it's unfortunate, but I yeah. just want everyone today to really think twice before they try something if I'm not able to help. Yeah. Um, you don't get this very often, 
take advantage of it. Let's build your confidence before I'm like not here, before yeah. this week is up and you're on your own. <laughs> so that was cool. And yeah. uh, and literally, I mean, out of 50 kids to have one injury. And like, 50 kids? Over the course of the yeah. summer, yeah. One injury. I mean. Nothing, right? Yeah. That's yeah. near perfect. That's a, that's a, that's a hundred percent. It's like, that's a casualty. And yeah. he did it for the better of everybody yeah. because his parents sent me a photo of him later on. Biggest smile in his thing. He's already asking if he could skate again. <laughs> um, that was a that was a proud moment right there. Yeah, yeah. Did you tell the kids who you were? You, no, not really. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. I, I introduced them a little bit. Some of them knew who I was. Some yeah. of the, the older kids knew who I was, and yeah. they were excited to get to skate with me. And, yeah. and but no, that wasn't the point. The point was really for them. If they did know who I was, awesome. If they didn't then through the course of the week and seeing me skate and seeing how I work with them and seeing that I actually am a pretty like easy going person. I have a kid, I know how to be gentle. Yeah. Um, everybody got really comfortable with me and that helped them to really like step their confidence up and being just comfortable to work with me, right? Yeah. Uh, from the littlest kids to the biggest kids. Yeah. Like, and so that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um, proud of you coach. Thanks. Yeah, no, nah, it, it was different than coaching. It was like I, I, don't, yeah. know, I don't even know what to call it. it You're was instructor, like, instructor, yeah. like mentor. You know, yeah. like, it was, it was cool. You're a role model instructor. You had to You were all in one. Yeah, no, nah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, it was, it was fun lot. though. Huh? It, was, it, was, it was exhausting, you know. But, hey. Thank you. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I appreciate cool. your time. Always good to Likewise. see you. Same. And uh, sorry, TC's not here, but he might have right. something to do. But right. we can talk a little bit. He's here in spirit. He's here in spirit. I'll turn that off. I'll take it. Thank you, everyone.